Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to On the Line. It's Tuesday, May 9th, and this week is Texas State Championship Week. The Lone Star State is throwing it down, and Mile Split will be there live on site covering all the action, which means photos, videos, race archives, stories, everything that you can think of. We're going to have it at the Texas State Championship. So, oh, I, I miss social media, by the way. Uh, on today's show, we'll talk with a state championship contender from Prosper High School. We'll break down a weekend that included a national record, and then we'll go into some wild action from Maryland, and then we'll get into all the state action coming up this weekend. I'm Corey Mall here with my full crew today. Olivia Ekman is in the studio, and she will be f- for the remaining, I don't know, forever. And then we got <laughs> Ashley as well. How are you ladies doing? Fantastic. Doing Feels great. So good to be back in the Lone Star State. As you guys know, I've been counting down the day, so I'm just happy to be back in studio with y'all. Great. Quick thoughts. Anything fun this weekend in Austin for the first time back? So my mom drove with me from Maryland slash Virginia to Texas. So she was able to meet some of my closest friends, had some brunch on Sunday. It was just honestly kind of just relaxing, I guess, after a 24-hour drive. That's all we kind of wanted to do. So honestly, that's the only fun thing we did. Brunch and hung out with some of my friends, which was nice. And Ashley went to Asheville. Ashley went to Asheville. Ashley went to Asheville. Yes, it was great. It was nice. I love the mountains up there. It was a good time. Good time. Excellent. Well, guys, let's go ahead and kick off this show. As you know, the UIL Outdoor Track and Field Championships are this week. And as Corey mentioned, we're going to be on the ground grabbing all the content. And so we're going to be at the University of Texas. And so the reigning 6A 400-meter champion, Lauren Lewis, is joining us today. And so far, she's run the fastest time in the nation with a 51.83 at the area championships. And this week, she's contending for the 200 and the 400-meter titles. So, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to the show. So, Lauren, what is your mindset going into this this weekend? I know this is your final state championships. You have the 200, the 400. Are you excited? Are you nervous? Like, just what are some of the feelings that you have going into this weekend? Um, I'm excited, and I'm trying to just have a mindset of having faith over fear and um, not try and get nervous or doubt myself of my abilities that God has given me. 
And I'm just focusing on fulfilling his will for me and whatever his will be done. And just to have fun, enjoy the moment and just run fast. That's amazing. And, you know, just a few weeks ago, you clocked that 5183. I have to know, like, what was kind of going through your mind, just your thoughts on that performance? Um, so basically it felt like I ran a normal race in my <laughs> head. Like I just thought I ran a normal race, but, um, the difference between that day and the other days, I would say, I don't know, I wasn't as nervous and it wasn't a lot of people there. Like I know it's area cause it's district area regionals and then state, but there weren't a lot of people there. It didn't really feel like a meet. So I was just like, Oh, I'm just at practice. So I just ran it like I usually would. And it just happened to be a 51 to eight. Like I was like, I was in shock. Like, I was like, whoa, there's like, there's no way. But um, I was confident. I was like, it gave me more confidence in the abilities that I have and what I can do. Right now, like we said, you sit at US number one in the 400 and you've been really just dominating at that, you know, distance all season long. I have to know, like, do you have some sort of like secret or like, what's the big key to you when it comes to running that 400 meters? Um, I don't really have a secret. I, <laughs> I just, in all honesty, I just run it to, um, the best of my abilities and like the paces that I know I can go out at. Um, but it's really just strategy whenever it comes to the 400, whatever you are most comfortable with in like your body is comfortable with, then that's what you can do. But for me, I know the training that I've done. I know that I'm mentally ready, physically ready, and spiritually ready to face any battle that comes my way. Where do you typically tend to separate in the 400, if you can sense that, right? You want to stay title last year. Where do you feel like is the the move you make in the 400, though? Where do you separate? Mm, I don't know. That's, like, a hard one. I would say it really just depends on, like, Mm, it really depends on how I run the race, to be honest. Like, not every time I run my race is going to be the same. So it depends on where I'm at and where I'm feeling the best to kick in another gear. So I would say mm, probably, like, at the end, I guess. When everyone's kind of dying, you kind of have that extra <laughs> gear left. Makes sense. It makes total sense. Last year, you won your first state title, uh, 52-54. What did you learn about that process of, of winning a state title? What did it do for you? And um, what was it like to kind of have that that moment? Um, it was amazing to have that moment. I was in shock, as you can see in the pictures and everything. Um, I didn't, I guess it gave me a sense of clarity about the training that I've done that whole year and just, you know, the ability that I was blessed to have. And it showed me, what I can really do and how I can spread the gospel and just like God to other people, because I always relate everything back to God. Cause that's the only reason why I've gone so far and the reason why I'm here. But um, I would say it just gave me just confidence in myself. Cause before that I was, I feel like last year I was running off of fear and not faith. And this year I've changed my perspective and it's really shown not just on the track, but off the track as well. Now, year upon year upon year, we've always seen big personal best come out at the UIL Outdoor Track and Field Championships. What is it about this meet that we can just expect some really fast times? Um, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's because it's a big stage and there's a lot of people and especially for me, since I'm going to be, a, I'm a UC commit, 
like it's a lot for me and I just plan on you know doing what I'm supposed to do and just go out there and have fun and just run fast. Now, on a previous episode of On the Line a couple weeks ago, we had a conversation about, you know, certain potential national records that could fall this outdoor season. And Olivia over here mentioned you as someone that maybe could go after that 400 meter national record of 5069. I mean, you're, you know, already at number nine all time in the event. I don't know if you already knew that, but, you know, is that something you've, have you seen that national record and been like, okay, maybe this is something I could shoot for and maybe chase after? Um, it's definitely up there. <laughs> Once I found out that Sonny Richards Ross had it, I was like, oh, that's my girl. Like, I love her. <laughs> I was like, I can go for this. But like, my thing is, my goals have always been big. I don't ever want to um, short side myself. Like, I always want to aim um, farther than the stars. You know, like, I want to have these big goals because it keeps me motivated in what I do. So um, I... I want that record. Like, I'm ready for it. So if God gives me the will to do it, then I'll do it. I'm all for that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, shooting far from stars. Mm-hmm. I like that, too. So some say the Texas State Championships are the hardest state championships to qualify for. But some also might say Austin is the coolest place to run at. Uh, great stadium. Great backdrop. You yourself are yeah. going to UT next year. So off the track, uh, what do you like? Last year, what did what what did you like about the experience that you you brought home with you that wasn't necessarily all track? What was it about that experience um, that you enjoyed uh, other than your win? Um, just family, just being around my family and just community and seeing everybody there. It was just really really nice to um, just talk with everybody, and enjoy the moment. I felt like. We get so um, blindsided whenever we're running because we're so focused on the race and what we have to do that sometimes we end up missing the moment. And um, I felt like I kind of did that last year. I just was so focused and like nervous and I didn't know what to do. But this year I plan on just really enjoying the moment because this is my last state championship UIL um, race. But I will be running on this track again, obviously, UT. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm just – I'd say the the experience of being around everybody and just just being in Austin. I, I love the city and I love the town. I, it's beautiful. It's great. Now, Lauren, as you prepare for your final state championships, we have to know what's going to be on that pre-playlist. Like what are you going to be jamming to as you're getting ready to just go around the track one more time? Wipe me down. <laughs> wipe, me down, wipe me down remix and this is gospel music obviously give me some maverick that. city music. but that one <laughs> wipe me down my best friend layla hackett she got me on that like mm-hmm. oh that's what i've been playing every single meet this year <laughs> that's an worked. that's kind of an oldie that was like back when i was yeah. in high school i think when that that song came out so hey yeah. that's awesome <laughs> All right. Well, we know what you're we know what you're going to be listening to. (laughs) But lastly, we also want to know, do you have any sort of like pre-race ritual? Like, are you superstitious? Like, are there any things you have to do before you race this weekend? Um, so my thing is, I'm I always I always pray every single day. But um, just staying in the word and praying and just asking God um, just to give me strength and just to fulfill his will, whatever it be. And um, my pre-ritual I do for before every single meet 
is the night before I get Chili's Cajun shrimp pasta. It is so good. (laughs) But yeah, I eat that before every single meet. So it's great. That's great. One last question before we let you go to your, your Cal class, Lauren, are you looking forward to the 200 or the 400 the most this weekend? Oh, that's hard. Um, I may switch it around. I'm going to say I'm looking forward to the four. I'm looking forward to the four. Usually the two is my favorite, but I'm actually looking forward. I'm I'm looking forward to running the 400 and the 200, obviously, both of them. But I feel like, I don't know. I feel something different with the 400 this year. Hey, we, we're excited for it, as we, as we mentioned. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us, and we can't wait to – watch you put in all the action, all the hard work that you've been putting into this whole season on Saturday here at UT and safe travels here to Austin as well. Thank you so much. See ya. Take care. All right, let's move on to our next segment. We had a lot of stuff go down this weekend, including a national record uh, and including big meets. I mean, let's, let's recap first on what we're going to be talking about again, obviously national records, East coast showcase. Uh, we'll go into uh, state championship season. Obviously, it started last week in earnest uh, with Alabama and a, and a few others, but now we get the Arizona All-State Championships. We got Georgia State Championships, and we're going to get into Texas. That's where we're going to start. But first, let's start with Connor Burns. Mm. Southern Boone County broke Galen Rupp's longstanding 5K record this weekend when he ran 1337.30, which was less than a second faster than him. But Rupp did that back in 2004, so that's quite a record. Ashley, let's start with you. How important was this moment, and what did he do? Yeah, first off, just, wow, I did not expect <laughs> this to be happening this weekend, and all of a sudden I'm looking all over social media, and it's like Connor Burns broke the high school national record, and I was like, wow, like you got to be kidding me here. I mean, just, again, incredible. Like you said, Corey, he surpasses Galen Rupp's record of 1337.91, surpasses that by just over half a second, and that record stood for... I mean, almost 20 years, guys. So this was a long-standing record. Finally goes down. You know, if you look a little bit closer at this, too, the closest anyone has come to breaking, you know, Rupp's record in recent years was last year, actually, at this same sort of meet. And that was Lex Young. He ran 1345, 43, excuse me, I believe. Um, And then if you look, too, only 12 high school boys have ever gone under 14 minutes for the 5K, and that now includes Burns. And also Tyrone Gorsey, who was in this race, ran 1345. That was also a really impressive performance there and those guys those 12 guys that have gone under 14 minutes before in u.s high school history include some familiar faces like brie fontaine you got dathan ritson hein and then you know lex and nico young and you know so it's connor burns is now at the top of a list that has a lot of very famous and you know well-known names on it and so I mean, shoot, that's just incredible. He split 61 seconds on that final 400 to get after that record. So, obviously, he was really gunning for that that last little bit. And, you know, shoot, now my question is, like, what's he going to do now the rest of the season? He's already got that one record. I know he's tried to go for the two-mile record before, I believe, or maybe it's a 3,200. So, I mean, hey, Bernsey did good. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Good one. Bernsey did good. (laughs) Olivia, what are your thoughts? When this hit – my phone, 1337. My mind was just completely mind blown. I was like, Connor Burns did what now? Like, that is just super spectacular. And the fact that he did it at the on running track fest at Mount, at Mount Sac, which is super spectacular. And he was the first boy this season to break four minutes in the mile and then to just 
add this other thing to his resume I thought was super spectacular and Ashley t- kind of touched on it already with Tyrone Gorsey. I was actually really impressed by his performance as well. Number six all time this outdoor season with a 1345-81. So this field, again, they were running against professionals also, so they had a lot of push in there. But the fact that these two boys rewrote the history books was absolutely incredible. So I think another question I want to ask both of you is obviously we know what he ran and where he ran, but mm-hmm. how did he run it and why did he run it? Obviously, it's still pretty early for a guy like Connor who's going to compete into June and possibly even August. Um, a lot of guys typically aren't ready for the 5K because they're working on speed. Uh, how do you think this came to be and, and why do you think this was the place to do it, Ashley? I mean, I feel like if you look at this, maybe – Say you're Connor Burns, you're looking at this race. It's a big, you know, race for the pros and stuff put on by on, you know, good atmosphere. Like maybe he saw this as, hey, this could be a good moment to do this. I mean, he wasn't the only, you know, runner to to break any sort of records. You know, Caitlin Tuey, I believe, competed there this weekend as well and broke the collegiate girls 5K outdoor record. So I think maybe just that that atmosphere, having those pros in that race too to really push him, maybe it presented itself as you know, a good opportunity. And plus, Tyron Gorsey was in that race too, so maybe he saw that as like, okay, hey, I'll also have a fellow high schooler in this field to really push. Yeah. And like you said too, this is you don't usually see this sort of endur- you know the longer races really going after really fast times and that this early on in the season. But maybe maybe he's just been building his fitness for this, taking a little different route than maybe I don't know if normal is the right word, but maybe what other guys yeah. are doing. Yet again, we get another instance of a guy going into the race super under the radar. Uh, runs incredibly well, gets a national record. It happened just last week, I think. Rocky, not a national record, but sub four. Mm-hmm. Um, this reminded me a lot of Nico Young back in 2020. I would say, obviously, Lex ran really well last year, as you mentioned. But Nico, to me, was probably the best high school runner that we had seen for a while. Uh, and then he ran up into that COVID year where nobody was running. But he set up this 5K record attempt uh, in June of 2020, and it was him and, like, two other guys. Ends up running 13.50. Now, in a better circumstance like this, if you put Nico Young in that race, I think something different happens. But credit to Connor. He's put in a good position to succeed, and he does that, and uh, he found a way. I think he's he's had some races where not everything has always gone right. Right. And over the more recent stretch, things are going incredibly right for him. <laughs> so, yep. as he said, Connor Burns, he done right. <laughs> he did good. <laughs> he did good. Did good. All right. Let's move to our next subject, and that is the East Coast Showcase, which happened in Landover, Maryland uh, this weekend at PG Sports Complex. A lot of great things happening, Jamaican programs, American programs, top talent. Overall, Olivia, let's move it to you. What were the things that stood out to you? Oh, absolutely. There were a lot of big things that stood out to me. I'm going to kick it off first with Madison White of Heritage Newport News from Virginia. Just had to drive one state over to compete here, and she did the 200-400 double, which, as we all know, is not the easiest feat to do. And here you can see her just excelling, grabbing this 400-meter title over the Jamaican star Ricky Ann Russell by five hundredths of a second. And she put down a U.S. number three time of 52.49. And I felt like this was really big for her. Not only was this a personal best, but it was also her first time dipping under 53 seconds in this event. And as I mentioned, she also ran the 200, clocked a 22.81, which is a lifetime best and currently the second fastest time in the nation. She also finished just ahead of Elise Cooper of McDonough High School, who also dipped under 23 seconds in the event with 22.93. So two Americans were able to do extraordinary things there. But for me, I think one of the biggest highlights from this meet 
was Quincy Wilson of the Bullis School, and t- he ran also a twenty-one thirty-seven for a new personal best in the two hundred. Here we have his four hundred meters, which I felt like was his shining moment of the weekend. He's coming off of a forty-five flat split from Penn Relays, which he ran in that prelims literally just last weekend, forty-six eleven to as we see, destroy the field, U.S. number three and number three all time for the freshman class, which Quincy has just been on a huge roll when it comes to this 400 meters, and he just put another big race together. Quick question about Quincy. Is yeah. he going to be the new Matthew Bowling? Hmm. See, I feel like Matthew Bowling was more of a one, two, and can also do the 400 as but, well. But the nature of, I think... Uh, conversation, conversation, right? Yeah. Less so about direct event comparison, but more so about how people are going to attract themselves. To yeah, I think I think that's a good way of looking at it because Quincy Wilson has already been doing putting his name out there as a freshman. We've seen Matthew Bowling just unfold his high school career as one of the top sprinters in the nation. So yeah, I can definitely see Quincy being part of that conversation as well. All right, sweet Ashley. What about you? Well, I think. We have to talk about this one race that happened. The Boys 100 this weekend was the stir of so much conversation. And we had a showdown between Nicholas Harbour of Archbishop Carroll versus Brody Buffington, also out in Maryland. And, you know, looking at this finals, Harbour comes. I mean, it was like a huge comeback. You know, with 50 meters to go, it was Brody that was in the lead. And then Nick Harbour comes back to take the win at the line in 1028 and Brody Buffington clocks 1029 to take second there. I mean, it was just an incredible race there. And, you know, Brody actually, I guess I think he was the first one. He clocked the fastest time in the prelims, 1015, I believe. Uh, But Nick Harbour comes back and he gets it done. Um, But then if you look at the boys 200 too as well, Brody Buffington bounced back and he finished second again, this time to Isama Singa. He easily won in 2081 and then Brody got... Um, second in 2094 but then beyond the boys you know one and 200 meter sprints I also think we have to talk about you know some of these Jamaican powerhouses that we saw too I want to especially talk about in the girls 100 we saw Alana Reed she goes 11.01 for the girls 100 meter win ahead of Adeja Hodge and Montford Academy that's just an incredible performance right there Hodge would clock 11.16 for second and then Avery Lewis out of Pennsylvania would go 11.41 for third so all in all, I mean, some really exciting stuff in the shorter sprints as well. There is a small bit of controversy, I think, about <laughs> yes, Buffington's yes, prelim. Yes, ten fifteen may have been a false start, but it goes down in the books, and technically, that's the fastest anyone's ever run in Maryland history. Now, Buffington ran ten two eight, but ten two zero is the state record, I guess, before that. Mm. Um, and actually, Dwight Thomas, it looks like, ran ten fourteen. What are your thoughts on on the prelim? Uh, and him kind of getting through. I mean, I'm not we. I'm not a meet official. I can't go back and say, <laughs> oh, this this is a DQ, you know, or like this is you know it was a false start. I mean, it goes down the record books. It's it's up there. So yeah, nothing we nothing you can say about that. Yeah, kudos to him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, ten fifteen. It, it was a little early. Uh, it looked like, but we had that conversation with Antoine. Uh, yeah, earlier in the indoor season True. during yep. the, during the state championships, and that was a big kerfluffle with people (laughs) did he go early or not he said no he said look at the tape sound doesn't exactly look at that tape he did not he did not jump we slowed it down it could have been very similar so um Mm -hmm. interesting so uh, obviously as as you both mentioned sprints were the heavy storyline here at east coast from white wilson harbor buffington alana reed hodge and asinga 
Um, Myla Green, by the way, a bull of school, yeah. also broke mm-hmm. a state record in the 100-meter hurdles, 13 mm-hmm. Michelle Smith ran 58 in the 400-meter hurdles. Great sprint efforts. Uh, I do want to turn it to the field uh, on that end because I think Archbishop, Archbishop Carroll's Drew Dillard is turning into something special. Just a high school junior. He tied a PR in the high jump at 6'8". He set a new PR in the triple jump at 47.11 and a half. Uh, and those are really, really good marks. I mean, he's he went to the pin relays. He long jumped 22.5. He is one of the top versatile jumpers in the country. And it reminds me a lot of Jay Avery of Hoover, Alabama. That guy did everything this year. Dillard is, is fast becoming sort of his replica, I think. So good things ahead for Drew Dillard. And he's, he's had a good past couple of weeks uh, out of the DMV area oh, and Pennsylvania. All right, let's move first to our, our state championship conversation on the Arizona Meet AIA Open All-Class co- uh, Classification Championships. Uh, they've diverted a little bit from past years and divisional play into an all-class meet. Uh, this past week was the division championships where they awarded you know their, their teams and athletes titles. And now it comes to one and done, basically. Mm-hmm. All classes against each other. Uh, what are the top races to watch Ashley let's start with you first I'm going to go with the girls 200 here because I feel like we're going to have an interesting matchup between Mayan Osoro and Janaya Hill now these two they've been at the top of the sprint rankings you know across Arizona for the entirety of the outdoor season you have Osoro who comes in to this meet after running a huge PR of 2395 at the Division One Championships last weekend. And that's the top time recorded in all of Arizona this season. And so I feel like with that, you know, huge PR already under her belt from just last weekend, she could have a lot of momentum going into this race. But I really do think Hill could challenge her here as well. She clocked 24.09 at the Northeast Valley Championships back in late April, which is the second best time in the state this season. Um, you know, she clocked 24-36 at the Division Two Championships last week to win there. So, I mean, if you look at this, it's going to be Arizona number one versus Arizona number two. And they're all they're both really close together. So it really could just come down to who puts it all together on the day. But I'll be excited for that matchup for sure. Olivia, what do you see? Yes, I'm excited for the boys 1600 meters. We have four boys that have clocked under 416 already this season. And they're ranked in the top of the state as well. Tyler Matthews of Red Mountain has run a 4-13-45. He's been undefeated in this event all season, so I don't think he's looking to break that streak anytime soon, and he recently ran that time at the AIA Division One Championships last weekend as well, and he's going to be facing some really tough talent, such as Bryson Nelson of Eastmark. He ran a 4-15 earlier in March, and this was his only performance under 4-20 this season, so I know that he's just looking to improve on that mark and have some really great competition then you also have Jonathan Sweep of Liberty. He clocked a 4:15:39 again last weekend and finished third. He's finished 11th at this meet last year. And then Lucas Grundin of Paradise Valley. He clocked a 4:15:97 again at the Chandler Rotary Invitational, which happened in March as well. So you're going to have a lot of great matchups in this boys race. Really close technically all within a few seconds of each other. So it's going to be a race to the finish here. Yeah, I think what the AIA did was try to – um, replicate what California does in mm. some ways and some some other states that only do all-class meet of champions races. They want the best of the best at the line so you can incur some of those personal records. And I think a lot of them will come in this meet when you put the best of the state together. And in, in my eyes, I think the four-by-one is one where, where we have to watch out for on the boys' side. Um, inviting all of the classes against each other can spur on that 
PPR. I think the the all-time Arizona Division One record in the 4 by one is 40.46. It was ran back in 2012 by Mountain Point. Uh, this year, we have six teams, five teams under 42 seconds. Uh, leading uh, the way is Shadow Ridge, who right now is run 40.94 seconds. It's number two all-time in Arizona. Um and they have two athletes in Arizona, Logan Yackley and Victor Jarrett, who are under 10-7. So they have some of the top talent in Arizona. They have a great team. They're going to go up against West Point. That also broke 41 seconds. This is one of the better years for Arizona in the 4 by one So I, I really do believe that we could see something special in that final. And 40.46 could go down there in that race. Let's have one more question additional note here in the top field event olivia i think you have something for us yes you guys already know i've been so excited about the pole vault all season long so we have a top guy to watch i have to give a shout out to zach bingham of highland he's going to be soaring high in the land right so he cleared 17-4 in the pole vault just two weekends ago and that's good for us number three and number all number four all time in arizona history so you got to keep out your eyes out for him as well Number four all time. Who's above him at 17-4? That's high. It can't be many people, right? Yeah, that's very high. (laughs) I know. All right. Well, let's move on to the Georgia State Championship split across various venues uh, this weekend, starting on Thursday. Uh, 1A, 1A private, 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A, 6A, 7A. A lot of stuff happening in Georgia. And we're going to go over the top storylines to watch. Olivia, let's toss it to you. Yes, we've been talking about this guy all season long. He's been blowing up on social media. But Dwight Phillips Jr., I think the biggest question we have to ask is how fast will he go? And we have to answer Corey's question is, Is he going to wear the long sleeves underneath his singlet? But the four-star football recruit, and he's also the son of the Olympic long jump gold medalist Dwight Phillips. He's also the defending 100-meter champion. So here we have this amazing clip that he – this was actually his season opener when he ran a 10-2-9 at the AJ Trail Invitational in March. And he's only contested – just look at his mile split profile. He's not run anything else besides the 100 meters. So – and no one has been able to take him down. So I feel like since then, he's clocked five sub-1040 performances. His fastest time this season is a 10-2-6, which he ran at the prelim of the Cobb County Championship. So this is this guy is full of speed. So I'm just curious to see how fast he's going to go and if he's going to continue wearing the long sleeves underneath his uniform. That's a big question. I don't know like if you both have sensed this too, but I, feel, like, I don't know what's happening with football athletes. They're everywhere. <laughs> They're everywhere. I can, They're everywhere. Yeah. It's Gatlin Bear. Uh-huh. You saw he yes. ran twenty forty seven this past week in the Jelani Watkins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Harbor. Like what why are we seeing all this elite success now for football athletes? I don't really get it. Why it just it feels like it's coming like it, it's an onslaught. Like, what's happening? Maybe now they're final you know, some of these football players and coaches are maybe finally starting to take to heart that like track can build to can translate to the football field. And so they're putting mm-hmm. their athletes in this as a way to build that speed. And then they're just because of that, then, then there we are becoming, I these think they've recruits. always believed in that though. Maybe yeah, I, part true. of me feels like athletes haven't always taken it seriously. Yeah. Right. The athlete that steps into the track and is like, I own this track. And then he runs 11 seconds or something like, no, you don't. <laughs> uh, you didn't put much work into it, mm-hmm. but it is interesting. I think a trend to keep a hold of over the next couple of years. Cause it didn't, it's not just this year. Last year, there was a, a slate of guys also on the football sphere that were really doing well. And this year, 
you know, Dwight, Bear, Harbor. It's we're going to see more of it. It's, it seems. Yeah. Ashley, let's go to you on your top storyline. Yes, my top storyline is Joe Sapone, the Flying Hawaiian. I think that's his nickname there. <laughs> it is. Yes. Can he capture two four individual event state titles this weekend? He's going to be the top seed in both the sixteen hundred and the thirty two hundred at the four A level. He's gone. 408 and 903 in those events this season, both of which are the top times in all of Georgia in 2023. Last year, you know, at the state stage, he won titles in the 800 and the 1600, but this year he's going to bump up in distance and do the 3200. But he's also not new to winning a state title at the 3200 meter distance either. Back in 2021, when he was just a sophomore, he did win a state title at that distance. I think he clocked 924 there. And so, you know, looking at Joseph Pone, I feel like he's almost one of those guys that's kind of underrated. You know, if you look at his performances this season, he's gone sub 410 in the 1600 meters three times. He's undefeated in every event contested from the 600 meters up to the 32. And plus, it's going to be the last hurrah for Sapone because he's going to go off to UNC Chapel Hill, you know, later this fall. So this could be the perfect moment for him to really just kind of boom, mic drop on Georgia State Championships. Mic drop. drop. I'm excited for that. Joe Sapone. Like it. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, On the other side here, I'm going to go with the Westlake Boys Sprint Corps. In 6A, they are dominating right now in the 4x1, 4x2, and 4x4. They're number one in the state in all of those events. Uh, they're sub-41 in the 4x1, by the way. Uh, plus, they got the top 400-meter guy, uh, City Nye, who's ranked uh, number one in the state in the 400, number eight in the 200. Um, they really could snatch up a lot of points uh, across all of those events. Now, will they win the 6A um, the championship? That That's a harder question to answer because I think that's one of the more talented uh, classifications in Georgia last year. Shiloh won. Westlake only scored 59 points. They're going to need a lot more than just a sprint uh, core to to win that title, but I think they do have the pieces to make something happen. So I think Westlake's boys are certainly one of the big storylines to watch in 6A. All right. The the big final culminating moment of the show and, and this weekend is the Texas State Championships to be held at Mike Myers Stadium in Austin, Texas this year starting Thursday. Going through Saturday, going to be live on Flow Track. All three of us are going to be there. We're going to have our guy Carl McCargo also calling some of the races from Track Barn. Um, it's going to be fun. Let's start with the top three races to watch on in our eyes. Olivia, let's go to you first. I feel like I have the biggest event that you need to watch. This is the 5A Boys 4x1 100-meter relay. I'm going to be locked in on Friday when it comes to this event. And the reason being is Fort Bend Marshall is going to be in this field. Texas, number one. U.S. number one equals Fort Bend Marshall. I'm excited to see what this this team does. They've been literally have been knocking at the door for this national high school record of 39.76, which was set back at the UIL Track and Field Championships in 1998 by Fort Worth Wyatt. And at their area meet, they went 39.80. So I feel like with this meet being full of energy, I could potentially – I. Yeah, I can definitely see this falling this weekend. But they're going to have a lot of, you know, they have the the pressure, I feel like, to just execute. But they're also going to have some great competition as well. Just even looking at the seeds, you're having the Texas number four team. Red Oak is in there. Number 14 is Frisco Lone Star. And it goes all the way from the 23rd, 36th, and 37th teams ranked in the state also lining up in this field. So I feel like the moment is here. We've been talking about Fort Bend Marshall and just how well they've been executing this four by one i feel like we're gonna see something special from them on friday there's so much pressure on them though what do you you fear that at all (laughs) the pressure you know i think we pump it up a lot 
mm-hmm. and they know that record is there. Yeah. What do you? What, how can you ex- sort of talk a little bit more about the pressure and what that will mean? At the at, at in their final race, you know, if I was their coach right now, I would just be like, "Hey, we, we've done everything we could to get to this point. We're just going to continue to do what we've been doing all season: get the stick around, move as fast as we can. And if the time comes, the time comes. If not, no big deal, right? And I know it we're, is a big deal. It though. is a big. <laughs> it is it's not yes. no big deal. It's it it's is. a deal. But at the same time, it's like again, we're talking about that pressure. Like I would try to loosen up that pressure. But some of these athletes might, you know, go into it and already the UIL track and field championship is already a tough meet as it is as we mentioned throughout the course of the shows like this is a one and done thing there's already pressure as it is at the state championships when it comes to texas because all their prelims is what they've been doing with their districts their areas um and the regional meet so i feel like that just adds even more pressure saying hey we have to get the stick around now but they're literally hundreds of a second off of the the national record i feel like they just got to get the stick around and just crossing our fingers that the rain holds up. I know we're expecting thunderstorms all all week. So yeah. I feel like just get the stick around like you've been doing. It's, it's there. It will be one of the most anticipated races of yeah. the state championship. You are correct there. Ashley, let's go to you. What's yours? Well, I don't know if I can top Olivia's <laughs> biggest race there, but I really... Close. Close, close. yes. I, personally, I really think the the 6A boys 110-meter hurdles with Alex Chukwakela of North Forney, that may be one of the top races of the entire weekend. No athlete had ever gone under 13 seconds before in the 110-meter hurdles before the season when Alex Chukukello went, I believe it was 1298 at districts, and that's, you know, all conditions, you know, that's in- insane. And, you know, his win legal best from this season is 1332, which ties him at number five all time. And I think Corey and I have had this conversation before, but, I mean, you look at the national record here, win legal is 1308 from Wayne Davis of Southeast Raleigh all the way back from 2009, you know, if he really puts it together, I really do think that Alex could shoot for that national record here on the UIL Texas Outdoor State stage. And he could get it done, too, on the same track where he went 13:32 earlier this season at Texas Relays. And, you know, obviously he'll be the guy to watch in this race. But also I want to keep, you know, my eyes on, especially on Jaden Keys of um, Katie Tompkins. He went 13:47 at regionals to easily advance the state. So he could potentially challenge and make this a really interesting tight race here. But I would have my eyes on something very, you know, spectacular, mind-blowing, whatever you want to call it. Is Brad, Donovan Bradley in that race too? True, yes. Or he may be in a different classification. Okay. I, if he if they're all in that race, that's either way. Be, there's a lot of yeah. a lot of good guys <laughs> in that I, race. I, I re, I re, Olivia and I saw this last last year, and I, I remember the hurdles in particular just had so much talent. Yeah, and it was hard because you had like three studs, you know, kind of coming into the line, and it's like any one of them could win. One of them makes a mistake, the other one pulls ahead. You know, it was kind of like that. It felt like so. Um, it really will be compelling, even if it doesn't go for the, the record. I feel like it's going to be very compelling at the end there. Um, I'm going to take a sleeper on the top race, uh, and we mentioned this already. But in the 200, I'm looking at the 6A uh, 200. Jelani Watkins last year he won his first state title uh, in 20.78 seconds, but he's a guy that's kind of invited some like uh, mythos like into his co- and into his story. Early on, as a freshman, he ran 10.02 in the 100. Uh, that was no win gauge, obviously. It was a little suspect. People said, who is Jelani Watkins as a freshman at that point uh, three years ago? But that kind of entered him into the conversation. But 
He's held up his name. Uh, he's held up his end of the bargain because mm-hmm. he went on the run twenty one oh six that season, and last year he won a state title in, in the two hundred twenty point seven eight seconds. I think he can go after the Texas state record, which is twenty point two four, held by Roy Martin of Dallas Roosevelt back in nineteen eighty five. Now it's very fast, but Jelani ran twenty point three nine at districts, twenty point five two at regions. Well, when dated, he's got the talent, right? He's got the track. He's got the competition and the environment. He's a lot better than I think people give him credit for, especially when you when you look up the names of the, the leaderboard, like Asenga, Buffington, Harbor. People don't talk about Watkins. But I think potentially after this this meet, they will. And they'll say Johnny Watkins 20.2 in the record books. That's, that's going to be my prediction here. All right. Final storyline here is the three athletes to watch in the meets. Uh, let's go to Olivia first. What are your thoughts? Of course, I'm a huge Lauren Lewis fan. I can't wait to see what she puts together this week. And, of course, you can check out the interview that we did with her earlier. But I'm going to kind of switch gears. Again, Ashley talked about the the 110s. I'm going to talk about the 100-meter hurdles. And another girl that comes to mind is Riley Hampton of Houston Cypress Ridge. She's been undefeated this whole season in this event. She ties for the fastest time in the nation in the short hurdles with a win-legal mark of 13-18, which she ran at the Texas Relays. And I had a chance to talk with her uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, and she's just looking forward to putting everything together. She's looking to earn her very first state title and also kind of lower that win-legal mark, too, crossing our fingers that the wind works in our favor. I think, Corey, you remember that one year where it was like 6.0 wind. It was absolutely insane. So hopefully not too crazy. Um, But at this year's state, uh, well, last year she finished third in the 100-meter hurdles. And then she was fifth in, in the longer hurdles as well. So she's looking to put all her energy, all her focus into winning the 100-meter hurdle title this weekend. Ashley, what's good to you? All right. I mean, I I will say I kind of cheated on this one coming into it. <laughs> I technically picked two athletes, but, I mean, I feel like they're basically like the same person. I mean, I'm going to talk about Nicole and Samantha Humphreys, the twins out of Flower Mound, just juniors. They come in as the favorites in the 800, the 1600, and the 3200. I mean, they're just... They've been dominant all season long, and when I say that they're basically the same person, like it literally even goes down to the performances that they've had on the track. For example, this past week or two weekends ago at the regional championships, if you look at what they did in all three of those events, Nicole went two ten in the eight hundred for first, then four forty eight for second in the sixteen hundred, and ten eleven for first in the thirty two. Then if you look at Samantha, she's gone two ten for second in the eight hundred, four forty seven for first in the sixteen, and then ten twelve in the thirty two hundred to finish runner up there. So they've been just back and forth, basically, you know, just running together all these races and you know, I'm excited to see what happens on the state stage when, you know, they're, you know, battling each other out, you know, for these state titles. If you if I even remember back to the cross country state championships back in November, it literally was like the same thing. It came down <laughs> to the final few meters. And I remember I talked to them afterwards and they were like, they just told each other, like, do you want to tie this? Like, let's just try to run stride for stride and whoever, you know, wins, wins. But, you know, they basically ran the same performance there. We could see something similar happen. So I'm excited to see what they do. Does Flower Mound win another state title? I mean, if they go one, two, and like three events, that's a lot of that's a lot of points right there. Yeah. If you think mm-hmm. about it, yeah. and I'm assuming they'll probably be on the four by eight too. So no four by eight in Texas. No so, four by eight. Yeah. Oh. So I guess I'm I'm still new to Texas, right. so I don't even know. But <laughs> relays hurt. They do definitely need something. If they have a four by fourteen, I'm not quite sure, but uh, yeah, that would help. But who knows? They won it last year with distance events only. So yeah, they did. We'll True. Yep. 
All right, uh, I'm going to end it here, and uh, I might cheat as well, Ashley. Uh, oh, 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 Corey going gets the grade. <laughs> uh, Michael Pinones of San Antonio East Central and Emma Sralla of Louisville Marcus, so both throwers, both have the potential to do something great. Emma could go after a national record, which is 198.9, held by Shelby Vaughn, uh, also a Texan, uh, and she did that back in 2012. Emma's a World U20 champion. She's thrown 193.8 this season, has three marks over 180. Most people believe she's going to get that, I believe it. think. Mm-hmm. She's been knocking at the door. Yeah. With six throws, I think she just has to be very precise, right? And it's always the question when you get into the ring, do you have it on the day, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of a lot of athletes go for it. They go for that big throw, but they they throw it out the sector or they step outside the circle, right? And they yeah. they, they some small thing doesn't go right, even if they throw it far. Uh, Pinones, on the other hand, uh, has been really really consistent. Sixty six, a total of uh, over sixty five feet over four times and he's has a as a season best of 66 6.25 he's thrown 67 6 last year not into 68 69 or 70 territory yet but i think it's on his phone we talked to him last year on his iphone he has that number 70 he's trying to get to 70 this is the place to do it for michael um no better way than the state championship so i hope he gets there he's a really good guy and i and i hope the best for him one last thing for y'all, just quick fire, quick, quick, quick little hits. Reese Vanderson, under 404, under 404, yes or no? Yes. Mm, yes, why not? Jace Posey, over 7-7 or no? Or ties it? Yes. Boom. Yes. Positivity. Ooh, I just remember, yeah, yes. I remember Kaylee Littlefield winning her third 800-meter title? Yes, she's been looking really good this season. Sure. <laughs> what, Ashley? I'm kidding. I'm sure. Kidding. Yes, okay. yes. I'm going to say yes to everything because I okay. want everything good to happen for these kids out there. Okay. And one last one. Will we get a wild 6.0 wind somewhere? No. no. Will we get sub no. 10? Will we get sub 10? <sighs> That's going to be hard. If there's 6.0 mm, wind. The, yeah. <laughs> two years. There was a 10 flat between Jose Garcia and Connor Washington like two years ago, and they ran 10 flat with like a 6.0 wind. It, it well, was. It was. If you get that wind that you, you want, the yeah. there you go. There, there, you'll see sub ten. I think the biggest question is: Are we going to have win legal yeah. meetings this week? Right. Yes or no? Right. I think that's the biggest question. I, I hope so. It would be cool to have some really fast win legal if times. If Alex Br- runs faster than thirteen oh eight and he doesn't get a win legal time, I still think that's amazing. Yes, right? I agree. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. If Jelani runs twenty point one and it's not win legal, I still think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I just want it win legal. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. All right. Miles is going to have all the coverage of the Texas State Championships, Georgia, Arizona, and more all on the site. The Laux Games also going to be live on the site on Miles Split. We've got a ton of stuff coming over Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So stay tuned on the site. Thank you for watching another episode of On the Line. We will be back next Tuesday. See you later. 